Today's first Bible reading is from Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This is the first census that took place up while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up to the town of Nazareth of, in Galilee to, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the same time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her, first, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all, pe- all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to, the, to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace on those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, the, what, had, what had been told them about this child, and all who heard, who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Well, thanks, Annette, for reading uh, so well for us, uh, the Christmas story. Good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Oh, there's good Christmas cheer in the room. Uh, my name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors at the church. Uh, and I thought this morning we've heard the Christmas story read out, and that's read it beautifully for us. Um, there's nothing better on Christmas morning than acting out the nativity scene with baby Jesus, Mary and Joseph, of course, shepherds and wise men and um, all the excitement that happened. So I thought we'd do that this morning. We'd do a, we'd do a little bit of an acting out of the nativity here. Um, now, I've got here a uh, manger ready to go, a little manger. Um, and if you know us well, you'll know that my wife and I have a two-week-old baby at the moment, so um, we have provided a good candidate for baby Jesus. Um, so we've done what we can. We're going to put the manger there. Uh, but you need a bit more than baby Jesus for the nativity, don't you? We're going to need a few other um, people, a few other things. So I wonder if you're... Oh, I can see some kids are already thinking I'm about to ask for volunteers. You're right, kids. Um, if you'd like to come up and help me be part of this uh, nativity, you can come on up. Come on up. Let's come and land, um, line up over here. All right, this is going to be exciting. We need lots of things for our nativity, don't we? All right, excellent. I think we're going to have enough people. This is good. This is good. All right, just come over this way, Avery. Now, what do we need for a nativity scene? What do we need? We've got the manger. We're going to put the baby in it a bit. Um, we need a Mary and a Joseph. So I've got um, some, some clothes here. I don't really think this is probably what Mary would have worn necessarily, but it's pretty close. All right, I'm going to let Lucy be Mary because I did um, promise her she could, she could pretend to be Mary for her little sister. 
Um, but I'm, so, I'm sorry, kids. So you, Mary, can sit here. Or um, um, Liv wants to be one of the wise men, but we're not up to the wise men yet, okay? We need a Joseph, um, okay, yep, yeah. Are you Saskia or Amelia? Saskia, yeah. All right, Saskia can be Joseph. I reckon Joseph would have had a nice shawl or something like that, so you can sit there next to Mary. Okay, so we've got, we've got a manger, we're going to have a baby, we've got Mary and Joseph. What else do you need in a nativity scene? Do you know, do you know what we need? A sheep. We've got lots of other important roles before we get onto the sheep. We do need some shepherds, though, don't we? So does anyone want to be a shepherd? All right. Um, how about Anya and, um, at the back? Anya, you guys can be shepherds. Now, what do I have? I feel like shepherds might have worn something like this. So um, there we go. You could be a shepherd. Now... I, um, I actually didn't find any sheep, so I was wondering, maybe you could be a shepherd of a turtle. Do you think that would be okay? All right. You can go and stand over there next to Mary and Joseph. You're going to be visiting. Now, um, Josh, did you want to be a shepherd as well? Come over here. Um, this definitely isn't what a shepherd would have worn, but um, there you go. Turn so everyone can see your lovely reindeer antlers. Um, that's good. Now, do you think you would like to be the shepherd of a monkey or the shepherd of a kangaroo? Definitely. Great choice. Great choice. All right. You can go sit next to Mary and Joseph as well. Okay. Now, we will need a few more animals just because there's always animals in a nativity scene, aren't there? You never really know where they come from or what they're doing there, but you can hold the monkey. You can be a shepherd and a turtle monkey. Now, who would like to hold a doggy? You? There you go. Okay. Now, I've got a couple more animals here. Here's a parrot. The parrot can just sit down there. Um, another monkey. There we go. Okay, what else do we need for our nativity, though? Oh, we're going to get the wise men. Okay, it's time for the wise men. All right, come over here, Liv. Now, I think sometimes you hear them as, sometimes you hear the wise men described as kings. So you can be a lovely king or a queen if you want to be. Um, And this is also shiny, so you can be a, oh, do you want to be a wise man? There you go. All right, we've got some wise people. Actually, the Bible never calls them wise men, I believe. So they could have been wise women. So um, come over this side, um, our wise people. Oh, yeah, I reckon we could put this one. This looks like a very wise sort of outfit, doesn't it? Shiny and, and ritzy and tell, you look very good in, a, uh, in that one. All right. Now, okay, what else do we need for our nativity? We've got uh, Mary and Joseph. We've got some shepherds. We've got some wise men. What do you reckon? Jesus. Jesus. All right, we're going to get Jesus at the end. Um, what else? Do you guys want to be, you guys could be some more shepherds if you wanted to, or you could be, or we, we, we could have some angels. Would you like to be an, an angel? Angels? I reckon you guys all look like angels, so that's good. Um, I don't, you, can, you can wear these around yourselves. I don't really know what angels would have worn, but here's some beautiful... Um, you don't want to... You look, you look like an angel already, Amos, so you don't have to put on anything if you don't want to. All right, would you like this, Lydia? Nice. All right, you can go over there into our nativity scene. Uh-huh. The angels do sing to the shepherds. Good memory. That's great. All right. So what we're going to be doing is we're just, we've got our animals. We're really just creating a picture of the nativity. So we've got, wow, we've got quite a, we've got a, quite a picture here, don't we? We've got Mary and Joseph. It's all very cute. We've got some shepherds with some great animals. We've got some wise men. We've got some angels. We've got a lovely nativity. Now, I'm just thinking, what else do we need? I feel like there's something missing. You know? You know what? Okay, we do need baby Jesus. Can we have baby Jesus to come forward? We've got the manger here. 
Here we go. There's a real-life baby Jesus. Cute. If she starts crying, she can, she can come out. She's done her part. Now, there's one more thing, though, kids, that we need. There's one more thing that we need. You see, I know that this looks like a really beautiful, cute picture, doesn't it? All right, just listening for now, kids. I know that this looks like a really cute picture, doesn't it, of a really beautiful nativity scene. But there's one more thing we need, because Jesus didn't actually come into a world that was just innocent and cute and beautiful. Jesus actually came into a world that was evil, and a world that was broken, and a world where things don't go wrong. Do you know, actually, in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, it talks about Jesus coming into the world, and it describes all that evil in the world as being a bit like a dragon. That's why today we're doing the Christmas dragon. And you know, when Jesus came into the world, there actually was evil waiting for him. There was a king who wanted to have him killed. Jesus and his family had to flee to Egypt as refugees. Jesus did come into a world that was pretty messed up and pretty broken. And he really felt the full force of it. He felt the full force of the Christmas dragon. There we go. We got the same hat. We can sit down for now, please. Oh, thank you. All right, sit down, kids. So the Christmas dragon, we know the dragon affected Jesus because Jesus came into the world and evil was there waiting for him. But you know, the evil of this world also affects us, doesn't it? All sorts of things can happen to us when we hear about people getting hurt. Well, that is the dragon and evil in the world. When we hear people being treated unfairly, that's because of the dragon of evil that's in our world. Um, And when we do things that are wrong ourselves, um, that's because of the dragon of evil that is in our world. And you know, Jesus actually came because of the dragon of evil. Jesus actually came to defeat the dragon of evil in our world. That is why Jesus came at Christmas time, to deal with this dragon. And so that's why we really, really, really need Jesus to come. And we really, really, really want Jesus to come because of this evil dragon that was waiting for him. He came to slay this dragon. Now, kids, you've done a great job in our nativity scene. Well done. Should we have a big round of applause for our nativity scene? We've got everything we need. We've got even this dragon of evil that was waiting here for Jesus. We're going to hear a little bit more about the Christmas dragon later on. Kids, you can take your costumes off. Just put them in a pile next to the tree. You can head back to your seats. No, we won't put things on the dragon. That's okay. <laughs> um, we are now going to stand and sing a great song. It's called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And it helps, helps us say to Jesus, we want you to come. We want you to come and deal with the brokenness in the world. We want you to come and deal with this Christmas dragon. So let's stand and sing this great Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Thanks to our kids. Well done, kids. Today's reading starts from Revelations 12. A great sign appeared in the heaven. A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and a crown of twelve stars on her head. She was pregnant and cried out in pain as she was about to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on its head. 
Its tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of a woman who was about to give birth so that it might devour her child the moment he was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the wilderness to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for a thousand two hundred and sixty days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. And the great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole word astray. He was hurled to the earth, and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in the heavens say, Now have come the salvation and the power, and the kingdom of our God, and the authority of his Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accused them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They triumph over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Well, I wonder what Christmas decorations are up in your house today. Uh, Maybe you're not going to be home much today uh, anyway, or you haven't had much time to think about it, and so you haven't put much effort in this year. Uh, Perhaps your house is covered in beautiful decorations and your house for weeks has been looking like something out of a catalogue or a beautiful American Christmas movie. Uh, In our house things are looking okay. Uh, We went and cut down a real Christmas tree a few weeks ago. Um, It's a bit scraggly and it's starting to go a little bit brown but we've, uh, it looks okay, looks okay. We've got a few lights out the front, Uh, things are looking nice. Um, And on the cabinet in our lounge room we have a nativity scene, figures of Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, as we saw before, the shepherds, the wise men, the animals. Uh, And sometimes in our house, Dad likes to be a little bit silly with our nativity scene. Uh, We like to be a little bit silly sometimes with who comes to see Jesus. Uh, So some mornings our kids might wake up to find people in the stable like uh, this unicorn or perhaps some dinosaurs. And some mornings it's the characters from Bluey. Or uh, Gabby's Dollhouse. Uh, We've just had Yashi read out from us part of the book of Revelation. Uh, What Yashi's read is a different picture of the Christmas story. A bit confusing, all sorts of strange things going on, including, as it describes, a big red dragon. Now, we might think having a dragon as part of the Christmas story is a bit silly, a little bit like me with my characters on my cupboard at home. But what I want to tell you about over the next few minutes 
is that actually this story of the dragon gives us a really helpful way of understanding just what it is that the Christmas story is all about. As we've seen in our nativity acted out already, the dragon in this story isn't just a dragon, but it represents something else. Uh, The book we've read from is called Revelation, as I've said. It's a special type of writing. It uses metaphors, it uses strange imagery to communicate truth. And the dragon here in Revelation is a picture of all that's wrong with the world. It's a picture of evil, it's a picture of brokenness and hurt and pain. A picture of those things and of the being Christians call the devil, the one who's behind those things. But still, you might well ask, why should we talk about evil and brokenness on Christmas Day? What would any of those things have to do with Christmas? Christmas is meant to be a day of celebration, isn't it? Well, Christmas certainly is a happy day. I hope, like I do, you've got some great celebration to look forward to over the next few hours. Uh, We're going to be heading to my family's lunch in the hills uh, later on. My brother's on drinks. He's been preparing the cocktail menu for months. We'll play games like who can spit a cherry stone the furthest. We're going to have a lot of fun. I hope you're going to be able to celebrate too. But what Revelation wants to show us this morning and what Revelation wants to remind us of is that as we celebrate, we don't celebrate in a world that's all perfect and nice. Revelation wants us to pause and remember that as we celebrate today, we do celebrate in the midst of a world that isn't as it should be. We celebrate in a world of dragons. For some of us, the evil and the brokenness of the world might feel like it's, it's out there, it's at arm's length. We celebrate here in Adelaide where we have things pretty good, we're with our friends, we're with our family. Um, but we do know that in other parts of the world, um, people are going through some really tough things. We know, don't we, that not far from Bethlehem where Jesus was born, bombs are dropping and war is raging. We know that conflict continues in all sorts of parts of the world. The Ukraine, Myanmar, Sudan, in other places, tensions are continuing to rise. We might think of some of those things and think of that dragon of evil in our minds. It might be a bit hard to believe when we look around us here in Brighton and we see such a beautiful part of the world that we have to call home. But we know, don't we, that this dragon is at work in our world. There are lots of other things we might think of too when we think of the influence of the dragon around the world, evil, inequality, exploitation, people trafficking, uh, the way we're treating the world and the seemingly increasingly uh, increasing effects of climate change, the state of the global economy, making it harder and harder for many to afford basic necessities. We celebrate Christmas in a world where many are affected by these things, a world where the dragon of evil lurks not too far away. I don't know if for some of us here, actually, the brokenness of the world The dragon, it doesn't feel like it's out there because the dragon feels like it's right in front of us. Perhaps even so much that for you, it's making it really hard to think about celebrating today. Maybe as you were doing your shopping this week, there were beautiful Christmas carols playing over the speakers in the shops, but with you like a dragon was the stress of wondering just how you're going to be able to afford everything you need to buy this week with prices going up and up and up. For some of us, there's presents waiting under the tree at home, But with us like a dragon is our mental health, struggling more and more and more. And we're wondering if you'll actually be able to feel joy as those presents are given out later on. For some of us, we'll go off to Christmas lunch. We'll have lots of yummy treats. 
but with us like the dragon will be the ongoing family stress, conflict and heartache that means for you, actually, you're not really looking forward to lunch that much at all. You're feeling more like dread. And for some of us, we'll relax at the end of the night tonight, another Christmas ton, but with us like the dragon is the stress and sadness that this is one more Christmas to remember and one less Christmas to look forward to. Death will sooner or later bring an end to our Christmases and might have already taken away those we wish we could be celebrating with. The story we've read in Revelation, it wants us to know, it wants us to remember that as we celebrate Christmas, we do so in a world of dragons. A world where things aren't always perfect, where things do go wrong, where people hurt and where dragons never lurk too far away. Now, I said before, I think this is a helpful story for us. Why is it that it's helpful? Well, so far it might have just made us feel a bit down and a bit sober. But it's helpful for us to know that when we do feel the pain and the brokenness of this world, it's actually helpful for us to know that Christmas was never meant to be kind of that happy story that's only relevant for those for whom life is going well. Sometimes we might look around and feel like actually that's how Christmas is set up for us. There's those pretty decorations in the shops and there's happy music everywhere and there's all sorts of Christmas movies on the TV about love and cute romantic settings. And when life is hard, that stuff can actually start to feel pretty shallow, can't it? And we might think of the story of the birth of Jesus as a bit like that too. It's a cute little story of this happy couple, victims of the ancient housing crisis, couldn't find a room but they found their joy at Christmas anyway as their little tiny baby was born amongst the animals. But actually, this is where the perspective of Revelation is really helpful for us. The story of the dragon shows us that there is more going on to this Christmas story. It's certainly not shallow. Jesus wasn't born into a cute little happy picture. He was born into a world of dragons. Revelation says it was like the dragon was waiting to devour him the moment he was born. And there's a reason, Revelation says, that the devil wanted to get rid of Jesus, and that's because Jesus was born into the world of evil to defeat the world of evil. You see, the story of the dragon is ultimately a story of hope, because Jesus came to defeat the evil of the world, to really do something about the real evil that's really out there or really in here. As the story in Revelation continues, we come to this song of triumph. You actually read this out for us. And we see that this is exactly what Jesus the Messiah did. He defeated the dragon. Now have come the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of our Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. In Jesus' salvation has come, the dragon has been defeated, hurled down, the dragon has been slain. It's time actually for us to slay our dragon, to turn him off. He's been sitting here grinning at us, looking at us. But actually, as we celebrate the story of the Christmas dragon today, we celebrate that this is a dragon who's been defeated. And now he looks pretty sad. There he goes. I didn't even mean for it to topple over like that, but that's beautiful. One of, the names, one of the names that the dragon is given in the story is the accuser. And as we reflect on the brokenness and the evil of the world, one of the problems we might come up against uh, is that if we reflect honestly and deeply, 
we might actually realize that as we think about all that brokenness that's out there, that's in here, we might actually realize that we're part of the brokenness. That we live in a hard world. But the dragon isn't just out there, it's with us, it's within us. We, do, we make selfish choices, we deceive. We care about our own convenience over the well-being of others. We feast while others do it tough. And so the dragon, the accuser, can say to you, to me, to us, actually you're guilty too, he can accuse us. We might wish that God would just get rid of all the evil in the world and just make it all be gone. The problem with that is that if God was to instantly get rid of all the problems with the world, well, he'd have to get rid of us along with the rest of it. But the hope of Revelation is that Jesus deals with the accuser. He slays the dragon. It's there in verse 11. They, uh, Jesus was, uh, they triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus was born to face the evil of this world. He lived a life of innocence. And he was put to death a sacrificial lamb. His blood shed to pay the penalty that we should be paying for our contribution to all the evil that's in this world. And as we trust in Jesus and in his death, well, that penalty for us is paid. Because of Jesus, the accuser has no more accusation. The dragon is defeated. If we trust in Jesus, he's got nothing on us. He's just a silly dragon running around, running amok, trying to make hard but he's got no more accusation his power has been taken away that means we're free to receive God's promises of a world put right evil done away with life forever with him this is what the Bible claims is in store one day for those who trust in Jesus the dragon slayer over the past few weeks um, as you saw before we have little kids lots of people have been asking um, our kids what do they want for Christmas we even got to go see Santa at Maya the other, the other day. Uh, Santa asked them what they wanted for Christmas. Um, Lucy, our four-year-old, said she wanted a new bike, uh, which she got last night. Eleanor, our two-year-old, looked at Santa and said, I don't need anything. Maybe we're raising a little minimalist. <laughs> and as I've asked around, um, some of the other kids in my extended family have said all sorts of different things that they want for Christmas. Some are more realistic, like the bike. Um, Some, you might say, are less realistic things, like a rocket ship. Um, But all of us, if we were asked what we want for Christmas, we we might pick something that we think is more realistic or less realistic. I even saw this um, joke floating around on the internet the last couple of days, um, speaking of dragons. Uh, What do you want for Christmas? For Christmas, I want a dragon. Santa says, be realistic. She says, affordable groceries. And Santa says, well, what colour do you want your dragon then? What would you want for Christmas if you could really ask for whatever you wanted? Poverty to be no more? Opportunity for everyone? Evil and fighting in this world to end? That family tension to go away? Your friend's cancer to be cured? Your mental health battles to be no more? Would you ask to live in a world where the dragon of evil was no more? These things might seem unrealistic, but in Jesus, this is the hope that Christmas offers. Not just a light and momentary, hopeful, cute story with pretty lights, but a realistic picture of real evil in this world, how it really is, and a picture of real hope that in Jesus, evil has been defeated. Hope for this world to be put right. And it's hope that is centered around this baby, this king, this messiah, this dragon slayer. Will we trust in him this Christmas? The band is now going to play for us another carol. We're going to continue singing as we've reflected, as we reflect on what we've heard. 
We've heard today of a world of dragons and darkness, but as we're going to sing now, in the dark streets shines the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in Him tonight. And as we sing to that dragon slayer, we can say, O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Amen. Let's stand and sing, O little child of Bethlehem. There's a dragon in my nativity, dreadful and immense. The shepherds quake, the wise men shake, and spill their frankincense. The cattle are alone, and the baby is awake, while Joe and Mary tremble. Oh, this must be some mistake. There's a dragon over Bethlehem. I don't know how he came. I didn't think a donkey could have borne the dragon's frame. I don't believe the census had been called for such as him. And I'm certain that when Dragon knocked, no room was at the inn. There's a dragon by the stable. I don't know why he's there. He hasn't bought a present, and he only seems to glare. He hovers over David's town, that still beneath him lies. Yet no one's sleep is dreamless, underneath his piercing eyes. This dragon isn't visible, with ordinary sight. You cannot snap a selfie, or televise his flight. Unseen he stands for every power that stands against the earth. The death, disease and darkness overshadowing each birth. This dragon is an enemy of all that's good and true. This monster lies and steals and kills. He's coming after you. Above each crib the dragon hovers, sure to swallow whole. Rulers, empires, beauty, joy, a flesh and blood black hole. But dragons always meet their match, they always meet their doom. A hero rises to the fight to cast them into gloom. And so at this nativity arose another player, the baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. He was a dragon slayer. He'd come to fight through Herod's plots, through dangers big and small. He took on evil, sickness, death, and triumphed over all. A dragon or a baby? Just who would win the fight? It wasn't really fair, you see. The child was a knight. From high above and long before, he knew what must be done. He knew the dragon waiting here. And still, he chose to come. There's a dragon in my nativity, a fierce and monstrous danger. But fierce is still the bravery and love within the manger. <laughs> 